0: Right, y'all can take a seat. If we've never met before, my name is Skylar. I'm the loudest person in the building. It's nice to meet you. Uh, the microphone, I could do without it. Like, it's all good. Uh, if we've met before, uh, we, I was the guy who came last July and preached, and two of you have already said, you're the guy who had the poop story last year, and that was me. I want to make sure we remember, I had food poisoning during that story. It's not like I decided to poop in my wife's car while driving, okay? So for those of you who are like, you have a problem, sir. I do not. You have a problem, ma'am. So. If that was you, stop it. Uh, if we've never met before, we could be friends. It could be fun. Uh, but I love Revival. I watch every week, and so I pray for you guys every Sunday at like 6, six o'clock. I guys, we're setting up our church. I think about what you guys are doing. And so I would like to think we're long-distance friends. Uh, I'm a fan of your alls church. Uh, I used to live at 104, and so uh, Charlie, Shane, Stone, uh, several of you guys helped me move into that house. And uh, while I lived at that house, uh, we had an incident that occurred I don't talk about a lot because it's so uncomfortable. Do you, have, do you have uncomfortable stories that you don't know where to tell them? We're all adults here. We all have stories, okay? So one time when uh, I was living at 104, uh, my kids go to bed at 7.30, praise God. And if my wife had her way, we would go to bed at 8.30. And so we uh, reconcile for 9.30, okay? And so we decide when the kids are asleep, if it's a TV night, we watch TV, Uh, One night, I had a knock at the door, which immediately told me it was a terrorist, because no one knocks, and so, uh, before I had to ring doorbells, before I woke up and realized, like, oh, I could have safety and technology, so we opened the door, and I opened it to three guns in my face, and it was the cops, and they were like, where's Jerome, and I was like, what's a Jerome, you know what I'm saying, and they were like, sir, step outside the house, and I was like, for sure, two more guns, and I was like, oh, this is not cool, across the street, guns, and I'm like. Oh, and I have a chocolate lab. He's barking, screaming. And they're like, you better take care of the dog or we will. And I was like, Ugh. "Like Rachel, put the dog outside. So the dog is outside, and then we hear on the, the, what do you call the little things they wear on their chest? No, what's the thing that talks? Radio. Here we go. So on the radio, it says, canine, canine. And my wife, when she tells the story, she says, I opened the back door, the light came on, five cops jumped out of our yard, and Teddy chased them around the yard. And they said, sir, we'll put the dog down, put it inside. I was like, yes, yes, sir. And we, we have this conversation. He's like, where's Jerome? i like, I don't know. Where is Jerome? I have no idea. Is Jerome in the house? I'm like, I don't know what a Jerome is, sir. And he's like, is Jerome in the house? I was like, if you think that I think that you think that I think Jerome's in the house, go get Jerome, you know what I'm saying? And so I was like, I'll take you in the house room by room. But if you could not wake up my kids so we don't fight each other, that'd be great. And so the cops all come in, and like, I'm usually the taller guy. There was a brother who was like one. I was like, ooh, hello. It was like Thor with no hair. And so I was like, all right, Thor, let's go walk around my house. And I was like, this is a kid's room, so don't wake up my kids. And then we walk in the room. There's a kid in here. I'm like, no freaking duh. I, I don't know if I can say the F word, but I did. So, uh, so it was like, <laughs> they go through the whole house. And I was like, I went from promising you there's no Jerome, there's no Jerome. you come through my house. Uh, Who is Jerome? Uh, Isn't that a fair question? And so don't worry. He's just allegedly wanted for multiple homicides. And uh, they're like, his grandma used to live here. And so this used to be his hideout spot. Uh, One of his neighbors thought they saw him. So we just wanted to give you like a heads up. And I was like, like, I don't feel safe. But like I don't know. Like I I promise. Like he's not in the crib. He's not in the crib. And then I decided to partner together with them to like go figure out if Jerome was in the house. Like when we promise things to people, they don't know if we're telling the truth. Like I promise. Like Jerome's not in the house. Jerome's not in the house. All I saw were more guns, right? And so uh, what I what I love about God is that He doesn't have to, but He makes promises to us. And I love that He tells us again and again. He wants to partner with us to do more than we can ask, see, or imagine. So today, that's all we're going to look at the things that Jesus says. So we're gonna be Philippians chapter one first, and then John 14 second. Uh, Philippians chapter one, if you'll open up there, we're just gonna do a couple verses. That's Andrew, everyone say hi, Andrew. That's because you're rocking too hard for the Lord. Uh, What is it, we shred because he bled? One of our our worship interns at our church was like, I shred for he bled, and I was like, all right, that's cool. He's 19, clearly a 19 year old. But Philippians chapter 1 and verses 3 through 6, it says this. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for for all of you. I will, oh my goodness, we're going to start over. Words are hard, okay? Uh, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so this idea of partnership, like Paul starts with it, and I love, like Paul can't get two sentences in without saying thank you. And so uh, I think it'd be really wise in this morning, this space, in this place, uh, Alex, could you come up here for a second? I didn't tell him this was happening because then he would say, don't do that, man. Don't do it, don't do it. Yeah, hey, how about you shut up? I got the microphone today. Uh, <laughs> That's bad. That's bad. So this is Alex Hall. Everyone say hi, Alex. Uh, I love you. All right, so I want you to receive what happens next. Okay, yeah, open-handed. You're not gonna talk. Could you guys raise your hand if Alex has impacted your life at all? Dude, thank you for revival. So so don't go anywhere, don't go anywhere. But can we just acknowledge like teaching truth, teaching boldly, walking with you guys. Like there is a, a miraculous, amazing thing that God is doing through your church, amen? but, dude. oh, don't go anywhere, you're not done, his feet started moving, don't do that, so in Philippians, Paul can't get through one sentence without being like, thank you, and so I would love if today, if y'all could just, like, is this the lobby, is this the auditorium? Auditorium, yeah, auditorium. Here in the foyer, <laughs> so if y'all, I, I, th- I would love if there was, like, a, just a line of people just telling Alex, thank you, thank you, thank you, like, as much as I talk to Alex, I hear about how much he prays for you, and how much he... Cares about you guys. Like I would love if y'all would just surround him and Andrew just with uh, prayers of Thanksgiving and of like just great gratitude because there is something miraculous happening here, but it took someone to lead out in that. So man, thank you for what you're doing, bro, for real. And then can we bring you up, a- Andrew? Get me out. No, you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. People love me. Oh no. You want to stand over here? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> box him out. Box ha, him out. Ha, ha, ha. This doesn't come out of my sermon time. All right, so what I would love to do is actually pray for both these guys because we start with Al, but Al didn't do it alone. He did it in partnership with Andrew. And so, Andrew, same question. If y'all could just raise your hand if Andrew's positively impacted your life at all. Thank you, for real. But I would love to pray for these guys. If you feel comfortable, I would love for you to just extend a hand and we'll just pray over both of them and pray over you guys as the church and we'll continue on. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for partnership. We thank you for your gospel. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing. God, we know you want to do more that we can see. God, more we can ask and more we can imagine. God, that there is not anything that could stop you. There's nothing that separates us from you. And so, Father, we do pray that you would guide and you get a vision. And we pray you'd surround these guys with boldness. We pray you surround them with people who would be advantageous enough to follow and chase after that with them. So, Father, we thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're good. But Paul, Rodfrey right says thank you, he said that he has confidence. The, the Philippian people were really prideful people, which we could never relate to at all. Uh, prideful people, like, oh, your mother-in-law, me too. I'm just kidding. My mother-in-law is great. Uh, so prideful people, they are really, really confident in their circumstances. Prideful people are confident in their money in their status and the way they look. Confident people uh, who, prideful people have confidence in things that don't really matter. So as Paul's writing this, he wants us to have confidence in Christ. He doesn't want us to have confidence in your money because your money can go away. He doesn't want you to have confidence in your appearance because you can gain weight. He doesn't want you to have confidence in your relationship because it can deteriorate. That person can go away. So many things can happen, but we can have confidence in Christ, like confidence that we have security, confidence that we have hope, confidence that there is nothing that we can do for God to walk away from us, confidence in that we can have joy through all the things that are going on, that through every promise of Jesus, we can have confidence in that, that we can cling to it, that we can hold on to it, and so I would say today, if you don't have a promise of Jesus you cling to, I want you to pick one. There's a ton to pick from, but pick one to cling to it. And so God, can, in, this, in this passage, talks about partnership. And so partnership, I would love to hear from three of you guys. What is the greatest partnership? What's the greatest partnership pair other than Alex and Andrew? I need three people to tell me. Ready, set, go. Who? What? <laughs> what? That pair? Anybody else? I need two more pairs. Peanut butter and jelly is a good pair. Yeah? Anybody else? This side, you're quiet. We need to pick it up. What'd you say? Batman and Robin? I was looking for Jim and Pam, okay? I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> Jim and Pam is the greatest pair out there. If you told me you don't know who Jim and Pam are, you don't know what love is. Like, the office is my first language, my second religion. It is the greatest partnership ever. Uh, I'm, I, since I came here last year, I moved to Iowa, which I know is like modern day Samaria, but like, uh, <laughs> y'all say some mean things about Iowa. I remember like, when I lived here, y'all, like, I can't say it on camera because like, if my church watches, hi guys. I didn't say it. So, uh, but yeah, I work at a church in Iowa now and uh, their lead pastor uh, passed away. And then a friend of mine has been, uh, through prayer, been selected, like, I'm going to be the next lead guy. And he just offered, like, would you want to partner together to build something cool? Like, Would you want to partner together to like, help build what God is doing? There's something that we all want in partnership with a relationship and partnership at work We all want to be partnered together intimately to build something. And Jesus wants that with you. He doesn't want that with anyone else but you. He wants that with you as well, like in partnership with Jesus. And it says that he wants to continue the good work he has started. So there's a lot of us who probably feel like God's done with me. I would say that you matter to God. If you've known me for five seconds, you've heard it. You matter to God. You matter to us. Like, that's just true. And so God wants to continue the good work he is doing. But that has to say that he has started it. Ephesians 3, it says that God wants to do more you can ask, see, or imagine. It says in Colossians 1 that you were made for Jesus and by Jesus. It says in Ephesians that he goes before you to see the good work, and that God, he has dreams for you. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but the dreams you have for your life, they've maybe changed. Have any of you guys ever changed what you wanted to be when you grow up? Anybody ever changed it? Every adult should raise their hand higher. Like, it's just true. It happens, but God's dreams for you have not changed, and they're bigger than you thought. They're bigger than you can ask or imagine, because God is, spoiler alert, also bigger than we thought. And, but man, God wants to do an incredible thing. Uh, but in the past couple weeks, I've been kind of in a down season, and I, maybe you, you're in there as well. Uh, so in this past season, we moved to like, start a new location for our church. We moved to be in partnership with our friend, like, go, Jesus, go, team Jesus. And everyone's like, oh, you have so much faith. I'm like, mm, I am. And so like, we, like, I'm so excited to do these things for Jesus. But we moved there. Uh, we bought, they bought a YMCA and they were turning the YMCA into like a location. So we had to buy new backboards for our gym. And so this guy was like, can you help me get them off the truck? And I'm a good little Christian boy. I'm like, yes, sir, I can, And so he is like, I'm just gonna push the backboard off just enough where you hold it and I'll jump down. He shoved it off the truck and it landed on me. So like three of my vertebrae in my neck, three of my vertebrae in the middle of my back, and two of my vertebrae in my hip and my left hip are all jacked up. So I'm in physical therapy every week. I'm in chiropractic therapy every week. It's not great. Apparently we sit a lot, and so it's hard. Uh, and I can't work out, so now I'm gaining weight, which is the first part of losing weight. Now I jiggle when I walk, and it's just terrible. And so, <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> it's funny, you're fat, so I don't appreciate it. So, uh, so that happened. Uh, my ex-stepdad, uh, he died recently, so he's not a follower of Jesus, asked to do his funeral, that's a tough funeral when someone doesn't love Jesus, in a room of people who don't wanna hear about Jesus. My grandma died, she's a Jesus follower, but still hard. husband's being abused into the dementia center that he's in that's hard and so then my neighbor threatens to uh, chop up my dog with an axe for my two kids to find in our yard like that's his threat to me this is the past like four weeks of my life so I've been in a season where like I'm sure God's working I'm sure God's doing something I'll be honest with you I've had like three days where just like just down and I'm pretty out have you guys had that recent I'm a pastor I'm professional whatever and so it was actually a conversation with Alex, and he was like, is God done? I was like, no. <laughs> like, what's God saying? I don't know. Well, should you sit in silence? Shut up. <laughs> like, right? Like, Alex is just like the spirit, and I'm just like, me. And so that's me. Uh, but yeah, in midst of sitting with the word, sitting with Jesus, it was like, I need to remember the promises that God has given me. And that's where I'm at. Like, I need to remember the promises that Jesus has given me, because what I'm doing is just me focused. Like, God has done things. He might do things later. But God, if he has a dream for you, every day he's going to advance it. If you poke the heart of God, it's always going to be people. And so if we don't live on a mission, we don't live to tell people about Jesus, and what are we doing, right? So God wants to continue a good thing. So in John 14, this is where we're going to stay the rest of the time. Jesus has some promises that I think we need to cling to, we need to remember, and we need to hold on to. And it says says this in John 14. We'll read verses 1. Through seven, it says this Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me also. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know where to go? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. And it says in the very beginning, like, if you are troubled, if you have hardship, and I would say, like, for me, I was losing my my way. I was losing my focus. I had kind of drifted. If you're in this space, in this place, or if you're on demand, and you feel like, man, like, my world is crumbling, it might be an that you are clinging to yourself. It might be that you have confidence in your circumstance. It might be that you've drifted from the heart of the Father. It might be that you are not in the scriptures as much as you should be. Like Alex says every week that there are Bibles over here. We should be in these every single day. The journals that Alex provides, like we should be writing our prayers every day. If God wants to move and you don't feel it, someone drifted, right? But if you have trouble, we should remember promises. Like the promises of God is even if you die, if your body dies physically, you still have life. It says that in Romans 8, that neither height nor depth, neither angels nor demons, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. It says greater is he than the one who lives in the world. Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always. Like there are so many promises of Jesus that if we clung to them, our life would not be as troublesome. Like I wish in the past three weeks, my story was, I clung to the promises of Jesus, but sadly my story is like, I threw a mopey party for three days, five days, six days. Like, you know what I'm saying? but God has not called us to a life of like, mediocrity and whatever, he has called us to be living a life of boldness and of courageousness and to live on mission. I heard someone say years ago that we may feel overwhelmed by the world. If you have social media, you have been overwhelmed by the world, I promise. Uh, power stance, Andrew, Huzzah. sorry. I did, Andrew keeps doing it and I'm like, eh. so, uh But we may feel overwhelmed by the world, but we'll never be overcome. Like Jesus, he said that he has already overcome the world that he has the keys to the kingdom and that we, if we live in Jesus, we have life and life abundant. And so when we get to, when we say we are distressed, we can say we're over, overwhelmed, but we should never say we're overcome because the world does not have power over us. Amen. Yeah. Jesus is alive and well. Amen. Yeah. So here's the thing. Like we don't have to be troubled for a moment because we know where our life is. If you're someone in this space, in this place where you're like, man, I feel rocky. This is not judgment. This is a call home and let's figure this thing out. Like, I'm thankful I have people like Alex be like, hey, why don't you straighten up a little bit? Hey, why don't you remember Jesus for a moment? And I'm like, in the moment, it kind of burns, but then it gets better, and I'm like, yeah, let's go for it. Uh, My son is super into Pokemon. You guys remember Pokemon? Yeah. Anything after the first 150 Pokemon, trash, okay? It's true. Petru, all that. I hate it. Uh, But my son has recently started, like, collecting Pokemon, so this is his Charizard, Uh, He doesn't know I took it, so if you tell him, I will fight you. And so uh, this is one of his Pokemon. He loves Charizard. Now, my son has never seen the show. He's never seen the movies. He just kind of, in his brain, imagines what Pokemon would be. And so uh, what becomes a problem is he's like, oh, I don't want to go to the store without my Pokemon. And I'm like, no, we're not going to go to Target with your Pokemon, because then they're going to be like, oh, you stole it. And then we have to fight about it, and I don't want to do that. So then he cries and has a fit, and then I wait patiently, then I offer to spank him, and then I throw him in the car, right? That's what we do as parents. Like, I will threaten you, get in the car. But he clings to these uh, beautiful, overpriced toys all the time. And I don't know if your kids do this, but my kids, they cling to their toys, and they don't want to share with each other. Like, they cling to these things, and they, they're not open-minded about, like, we can go play outside, we can go play with the neighbors, we can go play basketball, we can do these things. But he clings to these Pokemon that he doesn't really know. He knows nothing about them. He doesn't know what they sound like. He's never seen the movies. He knows very, very little. He just wants to stay in his little, little world. He doesn't want it to get any bigger. And I think sometimes we're comfortable with what we know about Jesus, but we're not comfortable with learning more. We're, we're, like, we're overeducated for our amount of obedience. Like, we want to know things about God, but I hope he doesn't change it. Like, we want God to move and to do things without changing my rhythms or my schedule or my finances, but we need to be more open-handed like, with the things that God wants to do Because there could be a chance that he wants to do more than you can ask, see, or imagine. But in John 14, 6, we've all heard, like, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the? The way, the truth, and the? He has life, and he wants to give you life. Uh, So I was recently at my stepdad's, ex-stepdad's funeral, and I met a Buddhist. This is real life. This is not a joke. Uh, I do the funeral, and the brother comes up and goes, oh, I married your cousin. I'm like, oh, which one? And it was my ex-stepdad's, ex-stepbrother's, third wife's oldest daughter, that's my family. You're welcome. So uh, I was like, oh, I married her. So like, I'm going to do a funeral next week. And so I'd love to do a funeral like you did. Where is it in your Bible? And I was like, I don't know. i just talk about Jesus and make awkward jokes. And so uh, we were talking about Buddhism. And he's like, well, I'm trying to find these things. I'm trying to find these things. And it's not working. Before that, I, I was this faith. And I was that faith. And this guy, I told him, like, well, all these other religions say do, 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 do. The beauty of Jesus is he says it's done. When he died on the cross, he said to tell Sai it is finished. It is done. So we don't have to stress in the world like, oh, we need to find hope, we need to find healing, we need to find our center. We just need to find Jesus. We just need to walk and step with the spirit. And so this guy, was so hard to watch him because he's like, all my religion says do, do, do. But we have peace, like we can recline, it says in scripture, we can have peace, we can be at rest that Jesus has us. And so, man, if you have people in your life who don't yet know Jesus, they are struggling more than you know, more than you can see, because they are just thinking do, 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 do. But if Jesus says, I'm the way, truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. That's not exclusive. That invites everybody in. Uh, who's, who's geographically uh, inefficient in this room? Raise your hands up high. No elbows. Cool. I am too. I don't know north. I don't know south. I don't know east. I don't know west. I don't really know where restaurants are, so you can't be like, oh, let make a left at McDonald's. I don't know. Like, I just need my maps. Like, how many of y'all, like, the moment you get in your car, after you turn on Spotify, do you turn on your maps? Like, I need directions. I need help. Anybody? Yes, Andrew this morning, I rode church with Andrew, he goes, oh no, the way I go to church is broken. So he got his map out and then he's like, I'm gonna do whatever my phone says. Like on our phones, there's all these different ways to get to wherever you're going. You always choose the fastest route. There's only one way to the Father, through Jesus. That's it. It's loving, it's easy, it's clear. And I think a lot of people say amen and they stop talking. Jesus didn't stop talking. So let's read the rest of this, starting in verse seven. Uh, sorry, starting in verse eight. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. In verse 9 it says, Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you know that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that in the name of the Father and the, name, and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. And here's where the punchline is. He said, he will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And So Jesus, he said, I represent the Father. Like if you've ever wondered, what does God think about the poor? What does God think about kids? What does God think about anything? Look at Jesus. What we see is that Jesus, he welcomes kids. And so I've, I've met some of my family members who say God hates children. And they have story after story after story about how God hates kids. And I just show them like Jesus actually loved kids. Uh, there, there are still people in cultures today who kill kids, who sacrifice kids. Isn't that crazy? 2022? Like, man, I see things all the time of like, oh, this culture only wants these kind of kids, so they kill the other ones. That's not Jesus' kingdom. Jesus' kingdom is they matter to God. And so we, when we see even women, I've heard many women be like, I wonder why God hates me. I'm like God does not hate you. When we see scripture, Jesus values women and values these things. And so Jesus says, I represent the Father, a full representation and so if you have friends who are like, I wonder what God believes, I wonder this, that, and the other, just look at Jesus, and what did Jesus do about it? Because Jesus told them, like, I represent the Father. The Father is in me as I am in the Father. And you will do even greater things than me. And I think that's incredible. Like, we lose sight, like, we could do even greater things. How many of you guys own a house? Anybody own a house? Nobody? Somebody? Some of us? How many of you guys do your own work on your house? Because you are bold. No elbows here. Up high cool, you are braver than me. My wife is like, Joanna Gaines, like, we should buy a fixer-upper. So we have, and it's terrible. If you've not bought a house yet, buy a move-in-ready house. So we bought a fixer-upper, and we flipped it. It, it, We did well, and I was like, we're done. She's like, no, one more, one more, because I love my wife, and I'm stupid. We bought another one, and so we bought a house. We put our washer-dryer in. We plugged it in, and the washer and dryer don't work, so I don't know what to do, so I call a dude from church, like, hey, so I've got two kids. It's two of us, I've got two dogs, so I, I kind of need to do laundry. And so, could you come help me out? So he's like crawling in my crawl space, looking at stuff. He opens the, uh, what's the box called with all the switches? Sure, that thing. He opens that up, and the two wires from the washer and dryer go to the top of the box, but it's not connected to the actual box. So you, he's like, oh, you just need to build a new cord and a new wire and a new blah blah blah, And you need to connect it to the blah ba blah, and you need to do this stuff. And I have no idea what he's saying. I'm just like, if I paid you 100 bucks, would you just do it? and he's like, you don't have to pay me, and I was like, cool, so can you just do it, because I need to do laundry, and so there are some people who are just like out there who are good at stuff, and I'm not, uh, but he, this guy Bill was like, your washer and dryer aren't connected to any power source at all, like they're just chilling, and so there are some of you guys who like, you look good, you are at revival every week, you half read your Bible, but you're not connected to the power source that God wants to give you. If we're going to be in partnership with Jesus, then he wants to do more than we can ask you or imagine, if Jesus wants to partner with us To do more than what he did when he was in the world. That's scary, but that's also incredible. That God wants to do more through you, even more through you than what Jesus did when he was here. But I think too often we don't do it because we're not confident in Christ, because we don't know his word. We don't know the promises he has for us. So even this week, I want to challenge you to something called the feasting challenge. What would it look like for all of revival? What would it look like for us all this week to do the feasting challenge? What would it look like to feast on the bread of, of life? What would it look like to read one chapter of God's word before we eat any physical food? What would it look like for us to, when we wake up in the morning? I'm going to look at the words of Jesus and John. And I'm going to highlight it. I'm going to just circle it. I'm going to put it to, to my heart before I eat real food. What would happen if for seven days we started our day in God's word? What would happen? Maybe greater things. In fact, I think it would, be, it would be better things. I don't think we have to hope and, that Jesus will show up. He doesn't hope that you show up. He wants you to show up, has a dream for you, a mission field for you, and wants to move through you to reach the people that are around us. But here in this space, there, there's probably two things that are keeping us from Jesus. So I want everyone to stand up together real quick. And I would love to do an exercise with you. If, hands up uh, for this next song. The idea that I need to receive something from God. So if you are struggling with promises of Jesus, there's something in your way, like my finances, my people, my life, there's something that you're like, I'm holding on to something, or God has not given me something. Because you might say today, God has never promised me anything, God has never shown up, he's never done his part, we are not in partnership, but he does promise these things. So for this next worship song, it says God is bigger than I thought, that I'm gonna give these things to him, and maybe you need to sit here and receive something from God. It might be eyes closed, like God give me a vision, God give me hope, God give me direction, and like, I need something from you today. God's not going to withhold from you. God's going to tell you something. And there's others of us, we need to put our hands down. And it needs to be like, I need to release something. I need to let go of something. If you feel distressed today, like, man, I, I, I can't let go of these things. Yes, you can. That is the Satan telling you that Jesus can't handle it. Jesus can handle it. If he can give us hope, healing, and salvation, what, what else can he not give? He wants to move in your life. He wants to give you good gifts. He wants to continue the good work he's already started. So this next worship song, Andrew's just going to sing this idea that God is bigger than we thought. And if God is bigger than we think, and he has bigger dreams for us, then what is in the way? Us. So hands up. I need God. I need you to show up. I need you to do something. Hands down, I need to release something to you, Father, that you need to be moving, and you need to do something. So during this next worship song, I would love for you to just let God speak and let God move, because he wants to, and he can so let's not be in the way of the Spirit. Let's not clench the Spirit. Let's let the Spirit lead and let's walk and step with Him. So I'm going to pray and I'm expecting that God will do more than we can ask, see, or imagine. Father, we thank You for Jesus. God, we thank You that You are present. God, we thank You that You are here. We're thankful that Your Word is alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. We're thankful that Your, your Word is a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. God, we thank You that You give us promises that like we will never leave us. You'll never forsake us. That greater is he and the one who's in this world. God, we thank you that we can have a life and life abundant. Father, we make it, we're, Jesus, we're so thankful there's one way to the Father. God, we pray your spirit would give us truth, give us discernment, give us deeper knowledge of the Father. We pray right now, God, that you would continue to move, and God, that you would just, that you would lead us, and I pray for boldness, Father, that even if we need to circle together, God, to do what it is that you've asked us and called us to do. Father, we pray you would continue to move in partnership with you, walking your promises. And it's in your sons that we do pray, amen.